Princess Rima, said Orion as he entered Rima's quarters. She was sitting at a table, writing in a notebook. Have you finished your studies? Rima closed the notebook and turned to her keeper. Orion was trusted with protecting Princess Rima at all costs. Chosen by King Tristan and Queen Amela, Orion was the most seasoned warrior in the Kingdom of Sabia. Sabia was located on the southeasternmost continent of Fenrir and rarely had any visitors, a desert land that at times felt like an entirely different world. Where Orion came from, the king and queen never knew. He showed up one day and saved the king from a monster out in the desert. A grisly gray beard, shaggy gray hair, and scars to mark his past adventures, Orion quickly moved up the ranks before being trusted to the princess. Something that Rima was very grateful for. Her and Orion had become close, and with his help, her potential to be the strongest, most intelligent ruler in all of Sabia grew with each day. Orion approached Rima at her desk and knelt down in front of her. Rima wasn't a little girl anymore, and her day as queen would soon arrive. But Orion, having protected her for many years, remembered when she was just a child. Please, Orion, Princess Rima stood up to greet her guardian. No need to kneel before me. Orion laughed as he stood. Apologies, princess. I have just returned from the markets. The markets? Did you bring me something? Orion wasn't the only one who recalled Rima's days as a child, and her sense of wonder and excitement over a potential present made them both feel reminiscent of the old days. I did. Orion presented the princess with a small pendant. It was the color of the sand that filled the kingdom of Sabia, and etched upon it was the word Queen. It's beautiful! I love it! said Princess Rima. Orion bowed to his princess. Let it be a reminder that one day you shall rule this land with honor. Unfortunately for them both, the king and queen did not feel Rima was fit to rule Sabia and would prefer a son on the throne. That's where things got complicated. A prophet foresaw the future for the king and queen and told them it would be impossible for them to conceive, but with a magical item fetched from the main continents of Fenrir, Queen Amela found a way. The item was rare and would only allow for one use, and that use brought much joy to the king and queen in the form of Rima. Despite having limited options, the king and queen soon realized that Rima may not be a strong enough leader, even with Orion's guidance. There were no other options that they could think of, but they approached some of their elders for advice. If something were to happen to Rima, then the next child in their bloodline would sit on the throne. The child in question would be Eritos, one of Rima's male cousins. The king and queen felt so strongly about not leaving the kingdom of Sabia and Rima's rule that they considered their options. One day, while walking with Orion, Rima overheard her parents discussing potential ways to deny her the throne. The truth is, Rima didn't much care for becoming the Queen of Sabia, but she knew the only way to avoid it would be to be removed from the conversation altogether. By any means necessary. She contemplated her options and thought maybe she could appeal to them to let her and Orion leave the continent. Sabia was all desert, and she had read about and heard tales of the beautiful places elsewhere in Fenrir. That night, she thought it best to pitch her plans to Orion before her parents. However, when she arrived in Orion's quarters, she found her trusted guard in chains, her parents standing in front of him. Come here, my dear daughter, said King Tresden, but Rima knew what they potentially had in store for her, so she ran. She ran as fast and as fast as she could, making it out of the castle and running barefoot into the desert. It was nighttime, but the ground was still hot and she could only go so far. Eventually, her parents' guards caught up to her, and they returned her to the castle. Keep her here, said Queen Amela. Dig, she commanded. The guards were hesitant, but loyal. 
They followed her orders and dug a hole big enough for the princess. Tears filled Rima's eyes as the guards knelt her down in front of the hole dug for her. She held something close to her chest, the pendant that Orion gave her. If only there were another way, said her mother, but no tears filled her eyes. Rima could tell her mother felt no remorse as she felt the flat part of her mother's sandal strike her chest. When she hit the base of the hole, she hit her head and things became blurry. It immediately became hard to hear, hard to breathe, and hard to see. The sound of the sand being pushed on top of her made her squirm and try to fight her way out, but she was too disoriented from the fall to put up much of a fight. The next day, King Tristan visited Orion in his cell. He explained that one day they would let him out to serve the kingdom of Sabia again, but at this point in time they could not trust him. He had grown too close to Rima, and the king and queen feared that he would retaliate. That very same day, the king and queen invited young Eritos to their castle to discuss the future of their kingdom, and when they invited him into the grand dining hall, they had one more guest that they didn't expect. The guards laid on the floor with sand coming out of their mouths, and sitting at the head of the dining table was Princess Rima. All over her skin were tiny grains of sand, and the pendant that Orion had given her was imbued in her chest. It had become a part of her. The king and queen, as well as young Eritos, stood frozen in fear. Princess, Queen Amela began to say, but Rima stood up slowly from her chair. You could hear more grains of sand fall off her body as she rose. I am princess no longer, said Rima. From this day forward, you will address me as queen. Don't be silly, child. I am the... Before Queen Amela could finish her sentence, Rima turned her into a sand statue, then did the same to her father, the king. Eritos stood there for a moment and came to the conclusion that running was not an option. Instead, her young cousin knelt down before his new queen. Rima ignored the gesture and slowly walked beside the table. The food set up for the former king and queen to court young Eritos was still on the table. Rima picked a grape and ate it. Doesn't quite taste the same now, she said as she chewed. Do you know why that is, cousin? B-b-b-because you were dead, Eritos replied. Rima shook her head in disappointment as she walked over to her cousin. Eritos stood up as she approached him. No, no, my dear sweet cousin. It's because I've never felt more alive, and I hunger for something sweeter, something Savia can't provide. Name it, cousin, said Eritos. Whatever you want, I shall retrieve it for you. Rima turned around slowly and looked at the chair she was sitting in. It wasn't the throne, but in her eyes it took on the form of it. She looked back at Eritos. It can't be you who retrieves it. You already tried to take my seat once. I can't let that notion go unpunished. The guards outside of the dining room soon heard the screams of Eritos, but before they could enter the room, Rima opened the doors. They stood in disbelief as Princess Rima stood before them, transformed. It was the same two guards that helped bury her. She grabbed one by the throat and filled his lungs with sand. She turned to the other and said, Bring me... Orion.